welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 5th of January 2014, entitled, Are You in Your Right Mind? Part 1, and the Bible reading is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, we'll take our scripture reading this morning from the book of Philippians chapter 2, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 11. I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's precious and holy word this morning. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth, things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, we do thank you again, Lord, for this privilege that we have to be, Lord, joined together here in worship time this morning. Lord, in this place that has been set aside and dedicated to you, thank you, Lord, that on this first Sunday of a new year, Lord, that as we take and look across the, the past year, we realize that, Lord, you have blessed us immensely. There is much that we could find to complain and grumble about, but, Lord, we realize that if we look honestly that, Lord, the blessings have been far greater than we deserve. Lord, as we embark upon a new year, we do pray, Lord, Lord, that our lives would be totally and completely committed and consecrated to you, Lord, that your hand would be upon our lives and everything that we do. Lord, we pray for your guidance, for your leadership, for your empowerment. We pray, Lord, that the things that would be accomplished would be for your glory and for your honor alone. We pray, Lord, that you would take and bless our church. Lord, that more souls would be saved. Lord, that we would be the strong witness that we need to be in this community, in this city, and around the world. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. The title of our thoughts, and if you have already made up your mind whether you're going to be here or not be here this evening, then I'll warn you, there's no way, unless we want to stay here till about 2 o'clock today, that I'm going to fit all this in this morning. And I know that, so I guess over the last couple of three weeks, as God has been dealing with me about some of these thoughts, as I've honestly prayed and asked Him, Lord, you know, what would you have me to give to our folks our body of believers as we embark upon a new year. And I wonder how many times, if I ask you in the last uh, week or so, 
have you been told Happy New Year? And how many times have you maybe said those words to others? What do we really mean by them? And, you know, when we hear that term, it's like so many times it's just part of the season. It's just part of the day. It's just something that we say without even thinking about it. I even changed my mind about the, the title. I guess that, first of all, I was going to call our thoughts today the right mind for a happy new year. But then I decided to change it and put it in a question form uh, instead. And that's simply to ask you the question, are you in your right mind? Have you ever been asked that question when you really did something that was off the wall? And are you in your right mind? Uh, because sometimes we do things that will make people wonder. Uh, well, I want to ask you that question as we embark upon this new year. Are you in your right mind? Because I honestly believe if we can take a few principles from God's Word here, that it can make all the difference in the world as to what the new year holds for us. You know, I guess that uh, I not only would like to, uh, with those words, wish you a, a happy new year, uh, but as we look into God's Word this morning, I hope that we can look and point out some principles in God's Word that can genuinely make that a reality to you. Not just words that your pastor's saying, Happy New Year, like everybody else, but how God would have us to genuinely, truly have the happiest year that we've ever had in our lives. I wonder how many of us would really think that that's possible, uh, that it's really possible to experience uh, that true joy and that true happiness, not as an exception that maybe comes along every now and then, uh, a day here or a week there, but as the normal. I mean, if, if, if the new year, if the normal day uh, was just to experience that joy, we've been singing about it this morning. We've been talking about our, our hearts being glad and, and in putting a song on our hearts and our lips. Well, may I say to you that whatever that you might be thinking about the year ahead, whatever your thoughts might be on how happy or unhappy that it might be, what you think is extremely important. It's vitally important. You know that every action of our body, everything, it begins in the mind, either consciously or subconsciously, it begins there. You can't do anything. You can't think anything. You can't say anything without your brain beginning that process, whether it's the essentials of life, like the next breath that you take, the next time that your heart beats, right through to every word that you utter and every action that you perform. That's the case if, if, if our mind is responsible for all of that. And we've got to concede that what we think in our mind has got to be vitally important to the very life that we live in every aspect. If nothing we do happens unless it begins in our minds. Now, I'm not going to try, even if I could, to give you some kind of a positive thinking pep rally this morning. I've been to a few of those, and sometimes there's some good things there that can, can make us stop and think, but they're usually things that just kind of get us excited for a bit, and then they're gone. What I would 
like to do and hope to do is this morning and this evening give you some extremely important principles for thinking right, for right thinking from a biblical perspective. If there's any hope at all of you truly experiencing what a really happy new year should be, then I would say to you that it is absolutely essential that you begin with the right mind. Are you in your right mind to truly have a great year, to truly have a, a happy year? Because what takes place in your mind is going to directly and decisively have everything to do with how happy your life is going to be in the year ahead. How do we find that happiness when there seems to be so much around us, so many things happening in our lives, so many things to discourage us? Now, even if you get into just society as a whole, both in and out of the church, society has never had to deal with so much depression, with people truly, genuinely, being ill because of what's taking place in their minds. It's serious. And I know, I know that there have probably been many, many, many things that have taken place in your life in this past year that's a good cause for discouragement. I know that every one of us will face it some way, somehow, some days, the question is, what do we think about it? How do we deal with it? It's going to come. Things are going to happen. Now, believe it or not, you know, pastors aren't above those things either. I've kidded with you before and said, you know, about, you know, the question that was asked the pastor, you know, do you, do you ever think about quitting? And he says, only on Monday mornings. <laughs> Well, I think in the last few months, I've thought about it on Monday mornings and Tuesday mornings and Wednesday mornings and Thursday mornings and Friday mornings and Saturday mornings and even some Sunday mornings. The truth is, circumstances and things and all that's going on can discourage us very much, but we've got to deal with it. What do we think about it? And I want to promise you this. You know, every one of us, we have things that believe it or not, fall a little bit short of perfection in our lives. We mess up sometimes. The truth is, though, is that that's why Jesus came and died for us. If we didn't mess up, if we were all perfect, we wouldn't need him. I want you to know that I know I'm not trying to make light in what I say to you this morning. I'm not trying to make light of what goes on in your life. I want to tell you something. You know, pastors have a lot of imperfections, but they get some pretty nasty things said about them sometimes. No matter what they do, it's always wrong with somebody. No matter what their intentions are. That's where you have to come to the point, those things are going to be there. They're going to be real. And you can. You can get discouraged and you can be depressed and you can get down and you can totally, completely have no happiness in your life whatsoever. And that's where the devil wants you. That's where Satan wants each and every one of us. And you know what? Anybody 
that's worth a grain of salt. Anybody, if they're trying to defeat somebody else, when they're down, you don't try to help them up. You try to destroy them. <laughs> you try to catch the weaknesses. You try to hit them where it hurts. And the truth is, is the devil's not going to let up. You see, whether or not you have a happy year, what I want you to understand is not based upon what happens in your life. It's not based upon the circumstances. It's not based upon what other people do to you. It's not based upon what other people say about you. If you're going to base it on that, then you're going to have a horrible, terrible year, I promise you. But God gives us some principles and these are not something that are just bright ideas that your pastor came up. These are God's principles that I need to apply to my life just as much as you need to apply them to yours. I'm saying you can truly have a happy year if you're in your right mind. If you've got your thinking right. I want to direct your attention. Notice how this passage begins here in our reading this morning. He says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, if there be, therefore, any. Now, there is a definite condition here. If, that's the way it all begins. If there's going to be any. You know, this condition is based upon any, any what? If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ do you know what that word consolation could also be translated as? Encouragement. If there's going to be any encouragement in Christ, it comes from an original Greek word that means literally to come alongside, to help, to counsel, to exhort, to lift up. It's exactly from the same base word that Jesus promised when he promised that he would send that one, the comforter, the paraclete, to come alongside us, to be with us, to counsel us, to lead us into all knowledge, into all truth, if there be any consolation, if there is going to be any encouragement in Jesus Christ at all, if there's going to be any comfort of love. If there's going to be any encouragement by Christ coming alongside, and literally he gives us the, this picture here of, of being alongside that can comfort you with his very presence, that, that abiding love that's so unconditional. Do you know what it feels like sometimes when you're down and somebody just comes along and they're so close and maybe they just put an arm around your shoulder they just maybe whisper in your ear that they love you, that they care. Do you know sometimes what strength that gives us? What the Bible is trying to say here is if there's going to be any encouragement in Christ, if there's going to be any comfort of love with him being right there, right by your side, whispering those sweet words of love in your ear, if there's going to be, he says, any Fellowship of the Spirit. Fellowship. That partnership, that oneness, that being together with Christ that is ours only through the indwelling Holy Spirit that lives within us. 
was his promise. That was his promise when he said that when he left to return to the Father, he was going to send this one alongside us. And we've looked at that passage that all in there, yes, he was sending one to be alongside us, but at the same time that it was him that was going to be with us, that it was him that was going to be dwelling in us. If there be any encouragement in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship, that cloakness, that partnership with the Holy Spirit, any bowels and mercies. An unusual word there. What's he talking about? Any bowels and mercies. Well, that word bowels speaks of a deep down affection. Literally, we think of the bowels, uh, there's that that's, that's, that's deep within, and that's exactly here, that deep affection that shows his mercy or his compassion towards us. You see, God knows. God knows that we're going to have all kinds of reasons to be discouraged. And he knows those things are real. And he knows that they hurt deep down inside us sometimes. And you know what? It's usually, if it's some stranger out there that you don't know, that you've never met, <laughs> sure, you might not like the fact that he's saying bad things about you or doing bad things to you, but when it hurts the most, it's from the people that you love. It's the people that you love the most that ends up hurting the most because it matters to us, because it's something that gets down deep inside us. So do you have things in your life right now to be discouraged about? I doubt that there's a person here that couldn't say, yes, yes, preacher, I do. Are there things in your life right now that would rob you of any real joy and happiness that you can have in Christ? Is it even here today on this Lord's Day as we come together? Are you sitting there just putting on a brave face for everybody? When deep down inside, there's turmoil. We find that as we begin to think and we begin to ask ourselves these questions, then there's a very important thing that we must realize. Every one of us can leave here today and we can continue the same way that we came through those doors if we choose to. But I want you to know today, not because this preacher said it, but I want you to get the depth of what God is saying to us here. I want you to understand that it doesn't have to be that way. You see, when I say to you this morning that I wish you a happy new year, I'm talking about a real happiness, a real joy that I would desire for each and every one of you. I want the, you know, the fact is I can't stop the devil from beating up on you. I can't take away all the bad circumstances out of your life. I can't make people say and, and act different from what they do against me, against you, against anybody else. And if I tried, I'd just drive myself around the bend somewhere. I really would be out of my mind. I wouldn't be in my right mind, that's for sure. Those things are going to continue. 
Satan is going to continue. But the truth is, God's Word tells us a way that we can think differently about those things. If there be, that's a strong positive. If there be, it means that it can be. If you are a child of God, he's writing to believers here. Without Jesus Christ, you can forget everything that I'm saying here. Because the first thing is, the very first question, if there be any consolation in Christ, if there's any encouragement that's going to come there, then you've got to be his. But if for you, if it's to be encouragement in Christ, if it's to be the comfort of love that someone will never leave your side, will never stop loving you, will never start caring, no matter how much you mess up, no matter how much you get it wrong. His love is unconditional. There's going to be that fellowship to where instead of knowing or feeling like that you're out there all alone and all of this, that you're having to deal with it and you're having to carry it, that partnership, that fellowship with the Holy Spirit that he is there with you always. Those bowels and mercies, that deep affection, that compassion, that genuine caring that comes from Him. In other words, if rather than just stumbling through another year like we usually do, allowing all the circumstances and discouragements in this world, which will surely be many, allowing them to rob you of real joy, of real happiness. If instead, if you want to experience real encouragement, encouragement that can be yours in Christ, if you really want Jesus Christ to be there, to know that, he, that he's right alongside you with, with a gem, genuine comfort of love that nobody else can give you, through a true fellowship, a true partnership, a true oneness with him, because of that indwelling Holy Spirit, make his deep affection and compassion for you, real and lasting and permanent, just as permanent as Christ is. You see, whatever happens, whatever circumstances you might face, no matter how hard it gets, He's there. I might stumble. I might fall. I might want to be there for you. I might want to help you up when you fall. But the truth is, Jesus is the only one. It'll be there 24-7, 100% of the time. So many times we forget those little truths. Listen up. You need to get in the right mind. Now, Satan's not going to want you to get that. He's going to want to control. That's a real battlefield. He's going to want to control your, your thinking and how you're facing these things, and he's certainly going to want to take away any chance 
of a truly happy new year. You see, the next verse is where, as a child of God, your course of action begins. And your course of action begins right now. Every one of us will have to somewhere, somehow, as these words go into our mind, we're going to react to them in some way. You can put them off. You can pretend that they're not there. But your course of action begins. And if these things are going to be, if there be any consolation, comfort, fellowship, bowels and mercies, if, then these are the things that you've got to do. First of all, we need to change our mind about some things. We need to change our mind. We need to think differently. We need to think differently about a lot of things in our life. If we're going to have the right outcome, then we've got to think the right way. Notice what he says here. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, if any of these things are to be, he says, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Are you in your right mind? You see, if we're going to be in the right mind, then the first thing we need is the like mind. The like mind. Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one. Paul's own joy. He's writing this under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Fulfill ye my joy, he said. You see, his fullness of his joy was tied to his unity with those around him. It was tied to his fellow believers. Paul was saying, make my joy complete. Make my joy complete. Why? He said, that ye be like-minded. You know what being like-minded really means? Thinking the same way. Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, that ye think the same way. As fellow believers, we're supposed to be thinking the same way. Now, that sounds pretty impossible. Matter of fact, on the surface, it seems utterly impossible. But remember, that which is impossible with man is possible with God. Now, this is not just some isolated statement in God's Word. He also tells us in Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, he says, Now the God of patience, and there's that word again, consolation, the God of patience and encouragement, grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth 
glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. There are many other verses, but we need to grasp whether we think it's possible or not, whether we fully understand it. The Bible says if, if there's going to be that, that encouragement and that, and that love, if there's going to be that, that, that fellowship and that deep affection, he said, then fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, that you think the same way. Now, he'll make that clear, I believe, as we go along here, but the Bible's telling us very clearly there's some way here that, that for us we need to be thinking the same way and saying the same things, but he goes on, he says, that you be like-minded having the same love. Now, in fact, we should love every member of the body equally. The same, having the same love. Now, again, that's a pretty big mountain, it seems like. Again, is, is that possible? How can I possibly love every one of you that are here this morning and every one of the ones that are not here this morning, how can I possibly love every one of you equally the same, one just as much as the other? I can promise you this. Everybody's not equally attractive. Everybody's not equally easy to love. Everybody's unique. Everybody's individual. There, there's some people sometimes that it just seems so natural. It would be so easy just to isolate yourself with this one and this one and this one that are so easy to get along with. It's easy for you to love them. It's easy for you to care them. But if, if there's going to be this encouragement, if there's going to be this love, if there's going to be this fellowship, if there's going to be this deep affection and compassion, then we've got to think right. We've got to be like-minded. We've got to have the same love. How can I love everybody the same? Well, there's only one way, folks. And, and again, we'll come in. He's, he's, he'll bring all this together for us, but we've got to love in the same way. We've got to love everybody equally in what way? In the same way that Christ does, in his love. You see, his love is unconditional. He doesn't love one more than the other because some deserve it and some don't. I mean, you really stop and think about how Jesus Christ was treated, and yet that he loved even the lowest, the one that spat on him the most, the one that drove the nails in his hands, the one that placed a crown on his head, the ones that did everything they could to totally and completely and utterly humiliate them. He still loved them enough to die for them the same as he did for you and as he did for me. 
the same love. John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. First John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion, that same phrase, from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. The words are easy. It's easy to say, I love everybody. But what we're saying here, folks, you want to have the most joyous, happiest year that you've ever had in your life? You want to know the encouragement that can only come in Christ? That love that nothing else can compare to? You want to have that fellowship, that partnership, that deep affection, compassion? You want that to be real in your life? Then we need the like mind. Be like-minded, having the same love. Put very simply, we're to love one another equally in the same way that Christ loved us. You see, what we think is vital. What's our mindset? Do we want to love that person do they deserve our love? Have they done something that we're having trouble forgiving or forgetting or getting over? Do you want to have the happiness that could be yours this year? Fulfill you my joy. That you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord. Being of one accord, you know what it literally is saying there is, is one soul. Being of one accord, being of one soul. You ever, you ever heard the term sometimes somebody being your soulmate? Because that you're, you're so in tuned on, on certain things, there's just a bond that's there. Being of one accord, being one soul, being united Spirit. You see, the word is used to describe a people that are in harmony with one another, with a people that they're pulling together the same wants and desires, the same passions, the same ambitions, being in one accord, being of, of one soul. How is that possible? He goes on to say, being of one mind. People intent on one purpose, if you would. You see, the right mind for a truly happy new year is first of all to have the like mind, to be like-minded. We need to think the same way, particularly when it comes to having the same love, of loving the brethren equally, unconditionally, sacrificially, like Christ loves us, 
We need to be like-minded, being of one accord, being united in spirit. We need to be passionate and desirous for the same things, being of one mind, focused on the, on the same purposes. You say, but preacher, that is impossible. And yes, I don't know how to put it more simply than this. As long as we're focused upon the things of this world, as long as we are focused upon the material things, as long as we're focused upon the circumstances, as long as we're focused upon what everybody else is doing wrong, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. You see, this like-mindedness that the Bible is declaring to us that'll bring us encouragement, that'll give us true, true peace and joy and, and happiness is only going to come in Jesus Christ. And he brings that out more as we go through, but I want you to grasp this morning, folks, this is not some pie in the sky. This is not some theory. This is God Almighty speaking to us through His Word, making it very simple and very clear. If there's going to be any consolation in Christ, if there's going to be any encouragement in the Lord Jesus Christ, if there's going to be that comfort of love, that fellowship of the Spirit, those bowels and mercies, that deep affection and compassion, if it's going to begin by fulfilling our joy in the way that we're thinking about each other, being like-minded, loving each other like Christ loves each and every one of us, having a passion and desire because our passions and our desires are focused upon Him, not on everything else. We have to work. We have to live. We have to do those things. But that should not be the focus of our life. That should not be what we're living for. That should not be what is, is taking our lives and, and making us what we are and robbing us of all the joy that could be ours. We belong to Him. We do have a common purpose. We should be united in spirit and soul. Boy, I know. Just ask my wife. I know how unlovable I can be sometimes. <laughs> but guess what? When you look in the mirror, <laughs> you'll be unlovable sometimes too. But we don't love each other because we deserve it, because it's easy. We want to have a truly happy new year. You see, I'll tell you something. That's one of the first places. You've heard me say it before, and I'm just going to say it one more time this morning. That's one of the first places that Satan attacks any church. He'll divide and conquer. He'll separate. He'll get people focused upon this and that and the other. And, and, and some of this comes out even clearer later. But the truth is, if we're not of one mind, if we're not of one accord, if that unity is not there, you see, I don't want to love you less because you mess up. There's so many times, and I, I, I was talking to somebody recently, 
You know, I guess so many times people try to decide what's lovable and unlovable and, and all this and all that. And, and on the one hand, on the one hand, we find that, uh, that some people think that, uh, you know, because that we do certain things that we're being unkind and unloving. The truth is, is that sometimes we have to be straight and honest. But you know what? It's not my job as your pastor, and I hope and pray to God it never does become my job to punish you because you do something wrong. I'm, I, you know, some people think I'm a horrible pastor because I haven't punished everybody the same. I've never tried to punish anybody. It hurts that people think that I've done that. I've tried everything in my heart and my soul to keep people from being punished themselves. It's not my job to punish. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross and took all of the punishment for you. My job is to try to reconcile you to him. He's already taken your punishment for you. I don't care what you did wrong. I don't love you less because of it. I'm not going to punish you because of it. And it's certainly not my job as a pastor to embarrass you because of it. People think that somebody should be treated differently because they messed up. I've never tried to treat anybody differently because they messed up. I mess up. You know, you've got plenty of reasons to write me off if you want to. It's not our job to punish people because they get it wrong. And the last thing we should ever want to do with anybody is embarrass them because they've messed up. You see, everything in God's Word is seeking reconciliation to try to bring you back to that point of being with Christ. Sin separates, sin divides. All I want you to do is recognize if there's sin in your life that it's there and do something about it. You know how hard it is to deal with our sin a lot of times? Maybe you don't find it as hard as me. Hard to face, hard to deal with, hard to do something about a lot of times. And it takes a strength that's beyond our own. You know how hard it is to have to deal with other people's sin. There's no joy there. Believe me. And you know what? As humans, we may not always get it perfect, but a lot of it comes back to our mindsets again. What are we doing it for? What is our purposes? What is our reasons behind the things that we do? You want to truly have a happy new year? And the first thing that you're going to have to have the right mind is a like mind, a like mind. And we're going to see that there's another mind that you need here, and I'm not going to have time to get into all these, so I'm just going to touch you. And if, if you can handle any more of this, you can come back tonight. And if you can't, then I'm sorry because I'd really like to give it to you. But you'd only give me so much time at a time. I could keep right on preaching, believe me. <laughs> but he goes on in the next verse. He says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. You see, the right mind for a happy new year. Are you in your right mind? 
It's going to be the like mind. But also, according to this verse, it's going to be the low mind. In lowliness of mind, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory. We'll look at those things a bit more, but basically that word strife there is speaking of that selfish pride that drives one to do their own things their way. It's something that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. It's that which brings about division through factions and rivalry, partisanship rather than partnership. If you put it down simple, it's a focus upon what I want. What I want. The vainglory, if you would, is just an empty glory. An empty conceit. Doing things for personal recognition and glory. Which often is the very motivation for the for the strife that it was talking about before. This selfish ambition. You see, it's not only what I want, but it's doing what I want and saying, look at me. <laughs> look at what I'm doing. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at how good that I do this. You see, the low mind, the low mind, he says, let, what's that next word? Say it with me. Nothing. Let nothing be done because it's what I want and so that I can be recognized by anybody. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Why? Why are you doing the things you do? What is it? Do we have the right mindset behind our actions, because all of our actions, everything that we do begins with our mind. Why do we do them? Is it because it's what I want to do? Is it because of what others will think of me, because of glory that I can get? You see, he says, nothing you do is to be done because it's what you want or so that you can be recognized, but notice, but... But don't do it through strife and vainglory. Nothing you do should be done for that reason, but in lowliness of mind. This was a term that apparently was coined by the New Testament writers, of course, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It was a term that came into being to speak of derision. It carries the idea of being low and shabby humble. It was the mindset behind many of the Apostle Paul's actions, even as apostle. We'll look at some of those things tonight. I mean, here's the guy that, you know, wrote more books than anybody else in the Bible. Here's a guy that was the best educated of all the apostles that's there. Yet I promise you, when we look at his life, it wasn't just some empty show that's being put on. Pretend that you think everybody else is the same. No, it is an actual mindset. What do you think of yourself? Why do you do the things that you do? 
we need to look at those things and we need to realize that it needs to be in lowliness of mind. It needs to be in humility. And thirdly, which we'll look at closer as well, he says in the next verse, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Do you really want a better year? Do you really want to be able to be happy in spite of all the things that are going to be there to take away your happiness, to discourage you, to knock you down? And you need the right mind. How are you going to approach this year? You need the like mind. You need the low mind. You need the Lord's mind. You need the mind of Jesus Christ himself. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We'll say some things about that, but he goes right on to show us what he means, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We'll look at some things there, but all I've got time to say this morning is to have the mind of Christ is to have a mind. You see, if you're going to be happy in the coming year, first thing you've got to do, Brother Steve, is we've got to get our eyes off of me, off of what I want, off of doing things because it's good in other people's eyes. We've got to be like-minded in our passions and our desires and our purpose as a body of Christ. If the devil can break that unity, it's going to affect your joy and my joy, that like mind, that low mind. You know that the Apostle Paul, he could have really, really, in his mind, he could have thought very easily, man, I've got more education than any of these <laughs> fishermen, tax collectors. He'd been educated. The feet of Gamal, the, the greatest teachers of his day. He had a position of power. He was the one that was given the authority to go out there and to, to destroy those churches. And yet, you know what he really thought in his mind? Not that he was the best educated, the most deserving, but that he was the least of the apostles. Not even worthy to be called an apostle. You know that here he was being used by the Holy Spirit, planting churches, writing New Testament books, doing all of these things, and yet you know what he said to young Timothy? I'm the chiefest of sinners. I'm the worst sinner of them all. He wasn't hung up on how good he was and how bad everybody else was. He felt that he was the least deserving of all. The low mind. Get off the high horse and have the mind of Christ. You know, esteeming others better than yourself. See, what does that really mean? 
That's not just, again, some play on words. That means really looking at each and every one of you. And in my mind, you're better than I am. <laughs> I'm not more holy, more spiritual. This is the way. This was the way. This was the mindset of the Apostle Paul. It's the mindset that God tells us. We don't look and feel that they're unworthy. We esteem them. You know, looking not each on his own things, but on the things of others, the truth is, when we get our eyes off of what I need for the coming year, what I'm going to do, and get our eyes on others, the old songwriter said, and turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. What is it? The things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, what a happy new year. I hope you can be back this evening. I, you know, I love studying God's Word. I love getting these little nuggets out of there. But you know, I think when God gave me this, He gave it as much for me as it was for you. I need it as much as you do. We all need it. And this church has been under attack from all kinds of different places. Many of you probably don't have any idea where a lot of it is even coming from and that it's going on. Satan likes to destroy. He likes to tear down. He likes to divide. But I say we can have a glorious and happy new year if we can take these principles instead of just knowing them as some abstract truths out there. We can make them real in our lives. If we can approach this year with the right mind, not what the devil wants us to think, not what our flesh wants us to think, not what circumstances dictate, not what others dictate, but what God dictates to us. It can be the most glorious year that you've ever lived. You might face some of the biggest battles you've ever faced. You might go through some of the toughest valleys you've ever gone through. But still, it can be the most glorious and happy year that you've ever had. Father, I thank you this morning. And Lord, I, oh, I wish that time wasn't such an enemy. I wish there was time to expound upon many of these things more this morning, but there simply isn't. We have limitations that we have to stay within. But Father, I pray that as we look at this morning, Lord, I pray that you'll help each of us to choose today not to leave here with the same mindset that we came with, not to leave here still allowing Satan to beat up on us, defeat us day by day in different ways, but help us to leave here knowing that we can be encouraged in Christ, that we can know that comfort of love, that we can know that fellowship of the Spirit, that we can know those bowels and mercies that are ours through Him. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to have the right mind. I pray that you'd help us to have the mind of Christ, to think like He thinks, to approach it like he would approach it, to have the same purposes, the same goals. Lord, I pray that individually and as a body that you would help us to make that a reality in our lives and in our church. We give you the praise and thanks for it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.